Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, I'm Melissa. And I'm Whitney. We started this true crime podcast over a glass of wine and quickly turned from true crime listeners into true crime advocates. So get comfy, pop a cork, and grab a glass because we have work to do. This is Colts, Crimes, and Cabernet. Some content may be unsuitable for sensitive listeners. Discretion is advised. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. It has been so long since we've recorded. Yeah. That I don't think we know what to do anymore. Same. I am definitely feeling bumps in the road riding down (laughs) it's like riding a bike it will all come back to us as we get going here but if you hear anything that's out of the norm just go with it because we literally have not recorded an episode in a couple of weeks yeah and let's let's hope by the end of this episode it is like a bike and i'm not good with bikes so let's let's hope that whitney figures it out it'll be fine we just but we're good at talking so we are are we're so good at talking and with that we're just going to share what's happening actually we're not going to share we're going to tell you that you need to mark your calendar for june 1st because something exciting is happening and you don't want to miss it yes we've been kind of giving hints around the last couple of weeks there's a few other podcasts our friends that know what's coming and everyone will know june 1 It's very exciting, but also very scary, and we can't wait to tell you guys. If you think you know what it is, comment on any of our social media posts and let us know what you think it might be, because there's some Easter eggs hidden out there. Yeah, and I'd love to see people's guesses and then be like, oh my God, maybe we should do that. (laughs) We are not crowdsourcing ideas. Sorry. (laughs) All right, so let's just jump right in. Y'all have been waiting for our New York episode patiently over the last couple of weeks, but this one was a little bit different than others. We had the opportunity to meet with some family members and friends of this victim, and it was very important to us that we heard about their loved one and listened to their story about this beautiful woman before we shared with you guys. Catskill, New York, was home to a beautiful, energetic, and selfless mother of three named Audrey May Turk Heron. Audrey was the glue that held everyone together. Audrey's children were more important than life to her. She was the kind of mom that everyone wants. Always involved in her kids' interests, sports, brownies, it didn't matter, she was there. She always took the girls shopping and included friends in the ventures especially her friend's kids. When I spoke with Audrey's longtime friend, Marie, you could hear the perk in her voice when describing Audrey as a mother. My daughter and her daughter were 
best friends in brownies, Girl Scouts together, and just we're thick as thieves after that. She was very good to my, like, I've always said it to people, I wish I was half the mother that she was. I was, I was always a worker. I don't know. She would, I would come home and I'd have a message on my machine. Hey, woman, I've got a daughter. Like, they went to the mall, they did all the fun things. She was just a very dedicated mom, very good nurse. Like, uh, not too many people didn't find a bad word to say about that girl. She liked to shop. Um, she actually had a motorcycle at one point in her life, which was uh, insane. We like to go out to eat, like to go to the movies. What she did outside of our friendship with the kids, like we have, and everybody's got their own perspective on what they like to do. But and uh, definitely loved Madonna <laughs> singing in a car. We would go shopping a lot. I can remember going to the mall all the time. So she loved to go clothes shopping. So we would do that. I can remember driving around in her Jeep quite often, listening to music. She loved. 90s country and Madonna, like the 80s Madonna. So we'd listen to that a lot. And she loved kids. She loved everyone's kids. She was always willing to help anyone out if they needed it. I remember she was always donating our old stuff to friends, like all our old toys. Or I remember I had bunk beds that she gave away once for free because someone needed them. Audrey's oldest daughter, Sancia, was conceived during Audrey's first marriage, and while the marriage didn't last, their relationship continued as great co-parents to Sancia. After Audrey worked at a golf course off of County Road 67, about 12 miles from Catskill in Freehold, New York. This is where she met and fell in love with the owner's son, Jeff Heron. The two got married in August of 1995, and Sancia would gain a half-sister and brother a few years later. Audrey's caregiving tendencies led her into a part-time career as a nurse at the Columbia Green Long-Term Care Facility, also located in Freehold. Sancia told me that she generally liked to work the swing shifts at the facility. She became an LPN, and she would work evenings or nights for most of, the, most of my childhood, so she could be off during the day and be home when I was home. She always tried to stress to me, like, the importance of education and making sure that you could take care of yourself. Not necessarily that you had to be a breadwinner or anything, but always making sure that you could take care of yourself and didn't have to depend on anyone else if you didn't want to. And in August of 2002, the Heron family was moving into a new house on the golf course they were finally able to build their dream home. Audrey was enjoying her position at the care facility and had put in for a promotion. She was 31 and thriving until August 29th of that year. While on the late shift, Audrey called home to Jeff excitedly telling him that she had gotten the promotion she was hoping for. Her shift was scheduled to end at 11 p.m., and she walked out to the parking lot with some fellow employees to drive the 12 miles home. But she would never make it there. I was working out of town, and I remember I would call. And I called the night before and got Jeff on the phone, and he said that she was working per diem, and I missed her again. Because I always get back to my hotel room and try and catch up and 
give her a holler and see what was up. There are a few conflicting reports, but some say that at 2 a.m., Jeff woke up and realized Audrey had not arrived home. He said that the two children he shared with Audrey were sleeping in the floor as Sancia was on a trip with her grandmother. Thinking she may have needed to stay late because she was a nurse, and sometimes that happens. He chose to wake up, do the dishes, and then return to bed. Take that as you may. Well, if it's a husband and his wife is already having to work late, he's probably thinking he's doing a good thing, thinking, oh, I'm going to go do these dishes. So she's not angry at me for not doing them earlier. Plus, if she had to work late, just to play devil's advocate on that side. And if there's any position that has to work late, it would be something in the medical field. So I don't think that's out of the realm. Absolutely. And if my husband is listening, if you ever want to get in my good graces and I have to work late, you're welcome to do the dishes at any time. (laughs) Dishes is how you get there. Audrey may have also stopped off at her mother's house. And so not too concerned, Jeff went back to sleep. At 6 a.m., when Jeff still had not seen or heard from Audrey, he called her mother asking if she had seen her. Sancia had been on a month-long vacation with her grandmother in Florida, and she had returned that very day. Knowing that Audrey was missing Sancia terribly, it's entirely possible that she went straight there. Originally, the plans were for Audrey to pick Sancia up the following day after Audrey's scheduled doctor's appointment. But Audrey's mother said she had not seen Audrey, and then he phoned the care facility to see if she picked up another shift. This is when he learned that she had not and that she had indeed left at 11. An hour passed, and then Jeff called Audrey's mom back again and said, I still have not heard from Audrey. Her mom would then proceed to make an official missing persons report. I believe that Jeff called Audrey's mom to make this report because she had friends in the law enforcement system that may be able to push it through a little bit quicker. Okay, because, yeah, it is a bit weird that he wouldn't call police on his own. Mm -hmm. When Audrey did not make her doctor's appointment, that's when the panic really began to set in. The weather that night before was rainy and the opportunity for an accident would have been very high. That afternoon, Jeff notified all of Audrey's friends and they all set out to search. He gets on the phone. I'm like, yeah, what's up? You know, I'm going to stay. And he's like, Audrey's missing. And no lie. I left. He said, what do you mean? Did you check them all? Because that's usually where... You know, she was either taking the girls shopping or whatever, or working. So when he first said it to me, it just didn't register. Didn't register. I, I literally kind of laughed out loud and it's like, did you check them all? And then I thought, okay, wait a minute. Maybe she's picking up Sansia from the airport. She's supposed to be coming home this week. You know, little rattle things went through my brain. And then it hit me. He goes, no, Marie. You know, Jeff called everybody, like the police. And I literally just dropped the phone. And I, I told my boss, like, you're, you're bringing me back there. So forgive me if I'm getting a little, poof. So I'm like reliving it. Holy cow. So I got in my granddam at the time. And it's usually a three-hour ride. I'm pretty sure I made that ride in about two hours and 15 minutes. Walked into the house, you know, like, went directly to her house. I got there. Jeff was there. The investigators were there. I think his dad. Her, his mom and sister were there, and I just kind of bolted in, probably 
erupted like a volcano. I was like, where is she? Like, what is everybody doing? Have we looked at, like, I just rattled off a bunch and, you know, let's go look for her. You know, got the whole whatever. And I think I spent that next three hours just driving the pantone, yelling out my window, you know, called all the girlfriends, and, you know, everybody kind of, it, it became real, for lack of a better word. At that point, everyone was still optimistic that she had just been in a car accident and that she was broken down on the side of the road and could not reach out for help. In 2002, cell phones were not commonplace. But Audrey did have one. It was the old school cell phone that was in a bag that you could carry with you. And it remained in her car. She always had it in her car. Jeff, her mother, and the friends all called and received no answer. The phone was either dead or turned off. I believe this is well before voicemail was an option. Oh, yeah, probably. And she has a lot of friends, like very close friends. She's a friend girl. She had a lot of friends. I can remember her and my stepdad would have like cards, card nights every like month or so. And they'd invite friends over and they they do that with their friends. And I never really met anyone who didn't like her at all. Um, you know, seemed like everyone loved her. The fact that no one had heard from Audrey was very strange. Audrey always checked in with Jeff when plans changed. Some friends described Jeff as controlling, but he may just be a very type A person, wanting to know if any changes that came to play. Was it a red flag that Jeff didn't have more of a panic reaction when he woke up at 2 a.m. and she hadn't called and said, hey, plans have changed. I have to stay late or hey, I'm going to stay at my mom's or I'm going to run to a friend's house and stay there instead to be closer to Sancia or whatever reasoning she would have had to not come home? Maybe. A lot of these things weren't realized until after Audrey had been missing for quite some time. Once the police report had been filed, many more searches ensued. Helicopters, foot searches, and more trips up and down the route Audrey would have taken home. Over 120 miles of roads and trails were searched. Audrey drove a black 1994 Jeep Grand Cherokee. That's a big vehicle. It would be fairly easy to spot should she have just run off the road, had a flat tire, had a minor accident. Remember where we are in New York. There's lots of waterways, rivers, lakes. I just thought, hey, you know, stop sad green, you know. Um, we had had an accident from a years, many years ago, a woman named Joy Dio. Never forget it. She was driving home with friends and went around a turn when they were out, you know, partying or what have you. And um, all I could think of was, you know, she must be outside the road because I hadn't found her. So that story stuck in my head because that girl, Joy, had gone off the road and they had come by and just didn't see her, and she was stuck on the side of the road for three days. Had they found her, she probably would have been alive, but they couldn't, like, shoot off and ravine. So my first thought was, okay, you know, the back roads are kind of scary. Did she take a back road home? Because it was a couple ways to go, rather than just the main route of 23 to 32 to 67. So I went, I was screaming out the window that night. Um, May, Karina, and I believe Mincy, right? The next, I think that Friday, we parked at the house. We went up and down. We walked the roads. It was a pretty intense 
time. Like we just thought, okay, she must be on the side of the road. It just became, you know, a day, a week, a month, a year. So still like it was yesterday though. And I know that law enforcement, unless you said you, you and the friends yourselves have done some searches out there and they, they've gone through all the alternate routes and there was some bad weather that day. Um, there was no noticeable tire marks or anything that may have. Yeah, that was always my thing because, um, like, you know, when they sent in divers years ago, and, um, because it was, it was a rainy night. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Flyers were plastered all over town, and only one piece of evidence related to Audrey's trip home had been discovered. Quote, we only have one grainy video from Cumberland Farms in which it appears that Audrey's vehicle does leave her place of employment and basically turn left, going west on County Route 23B. That's the last of any kind of technological evidence we have. End quote. That came straight from senior investigator Kaminsky. That's at least decent that they saw her leaving. Several lakes, rivers, and ditches have been extensively searched for Audrey or her Jeep, but nothing has ever been found. As recently as May of this year, 2023, Adventures with Purpose had divers out looking for Audrey, but no other evidence has ever been found. There are several theories that surround her disappearance. The first finger was pointed at Sonsia's stepfather, Jeff. He seemed uncooperative to some and didn't attend the vigils that friends held. But this could have been to protect Sonsia's brother and sister. He didn't want them in the media. So maybe keeping them home out of mainstream media was his intention. My stepfather is a very private person. And I think a little standoffish when it comes to the media, and especially maybe at the time. And maybe he was just worried about how he would be portrayed. I've never actually sat down and had a conversation with him about why he acted the way he acted. But I, of course, like as a child, wondered myself. But then as I've gotten older and I still spend time with him because he is my sister and my brother's father, and I still consider him my my stepfather and one of my parents, I, he still talks about my mom. Their pictures of my mom are still up in the house. Like their wedding photos are still up. He kept her clothes in her closet for decade after she was missing. And it's just, I don't see why or how someone who had like purposely harmed or killed someone could do those things. I feel like you'd have to be like a serious sociopath to sit and have a conversation with your kids about their mother that you murdered or leave her pictures up. Like to me, that just doesn't add up in my brain. So I personally don't believe that he had anything to do with it. 
Sancia was moved out of the house back to her biological father's very quickly after Audrey's disappearance. And before Audrey disappeared, there were many fights between Audrey and Jeff regarding Sancia. Jeff was more strict with Sancia than the other children, and his idea of parenting wasn't exactly the same as Audrey and Sancia's father's parenting style. So there was some conflict there. At one point, the couple had even separated before Sancia's youngest brother was born. Had they gotten into another fight and Audrey leave again? When they separated originally, Audrey had a second home already set up she had moved into. It was a true separation, not just a weekend away to cool off. But she returned home to Jeff and continued their marriage. Law enforcement and friends don't believe that a fight happened between the two. If she was leaving him that evening or had planned to leave him that evening, why would she have called him at 9 p.m. to tell him about the raise? Why would she have not just left? And she was excited about it. Jeff said she seemed upbeat and happy at the time. A claim came in that perhaps the Russian mob had a hand in her disappearance because Jeff's father, who owned the golf course, had a silent partner that was involved within Russian organized crime. There are some speculations that Audrey had walked in on an argument or heated conversation among the partners, that's Jeff's dad, Jeff, and this Russian fellow, that they were trying to push the silent partner out of the golf course. So if she interrupted this conversation, would that be motive for them to take action? Would it be something that they could hold over Jeff and his father? Definitely. A possibility, I guess. It's just so, I don't know. I feel like everyone walks in on someone and it's always like the Russian mob or something crazy outlandish when usually the most simplest explanation is the explanation. The only thing that I can see true from this is that they're, they have proven that this person involved, the silent partner, is involved with Russian organized crime. So I don't think it's completely out of the realm. Police have claimed to have debunked this theory, but I don't think there's any way you can 100% rule it out. That's true. And if they've proven that he is, because everyone's, oh, yeah, they're super shady. They're in the Russian mob. But I'm like, I don't know anyone in the Russian mob. However, I usually don't leave my house. (laughs) And again, there's no way to, without a doubt, prove it. In 2016, there were other rumors that an unnamed person of interest who had worked at the care facility had flirted with Audrey, and maybe he was a scorned lover when Audrey rejected him. This could be a high possibility that he had something to do with Audrey's disappearance because he had a history of rape and attempted kidnapping. Okay, yes. I was going to ask if there was any other love interest or anything like that. Wow. Okay. On top of that, he knew her schedule. He knew where she worked. And there were some reports that said the back locks on Audrey's Jeep did not work. 
could he have hidden in her back seat and then proceeded to attack her after she had left the parking lot. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. What we do, do know, based on the surveillance video, she entered her vehicle, left the parking lot, and turned left. Could he... I mean, this is like every person's worst nightmare. Even I check the back seat before I get in the car. To this day. Yes, it's like a real thing. People do that. And definitely make sure you lock your car doors. And if they don't work, please get them fixed. Now, because they had this tip... Law enforcement learned about it, and a search was conducted on this person's property. There was a retaining pond nearby that they even drained and brought out cadaver dogs, hoping to find some sort of evidence that perhaps if he buried Audrey there, they would find her. Because this is 14 years later. Oh, this was not a tip right away. I was like, wow, it good for law enforcement going through all the tips. So this was way later. This was not until 2016, which is 14 years after she disappeared. Okay. Okay. And it was in between that time and Audrey that he had done these rapes or anything like that, this particular man. I don't know if he had a history prior to that. I would assume so, because if he was working at a long-term care facility, I don't think they would hire felons in that, unless he was some sort of janitorial service or yeah. he likely was not a nurse or a caregiver. With yeah, being a true. felon. If he was convicted of felony rape or attempted kidnapping, they did not find any sort of evidence. So again, they've turned up empty-handed. Did Audrey get in a car accident on the way home? This is the most logical explanation I think you can cling to. It was raining that night. It was late at night. She had just worked a shift. She could have been tired nodded off at the wheel, or skidded uncontrollably in the rain, lost sight of the road. There's multiple scenarios that a car accident could happen. But if she was, why hadn't she been found? Her friends walked the 12-mile route that she would have taken home. I agree. They would have seen skid marks. They would have seen tire tracks through the mud since it was raining. And they started looking that very next day. Mm -hmm. So they would have, I, that's okay. I do agree. They would have found something, especially it was only 12, you said 12 miles or 12 minutes home. They know the miles. route. They know the route she would have taken. And I'm sure went along that route. And I think there's only two to three possible options that she could have taken had she not taken her preferred route. And I believe they have walked or driven or searched all of those routes. They did a helicopter search. If if they would have seen, I would think something, like you said, skid marks, messed up grass, something. When Audrey was last seen, she was wearing dark green scrubs with a turtleneck underneath. She had a scar on her right thumb a mole on the inside of her right knee, and wore eyeglasses. She had a number one mom, gold necklace, and a white leather banded watch. She drove a 1994 Jeep Grand Cherokee with New York license plates numbered X233UV. It did not have fog lights and had minor damage on the front passenger bumper. I don't know if it freaks me out or weirds me out when a whole vehicle goes missing. And there's been plenty of cases similar to this where their vehicle is never found. That kind of boggles my mind. Unless there's, it is New York, so maybe a chop I, shop. But this isn't 
New York City, New York. This is Catskill, New York, where 4,000 people live. But I'm sure they don't live too far from a metropolitan area. Sure. And there could be a chop shop. I do know in the searches that the family and friends have done since Audrey's disappearance, they have taken the VIN number of Audrey's Jeep to every scrapyard that they could find to see if there are any, hey, is there a frame here with this on it? Did it come through? And if you're taking it to a chop shop, no one's keeping records of those VIN numbers and they're going to be like, nope, never seen one. But as far as an upstanding mechanic, if you took it there to dispose of or sell it to a scrapyard that has morals, then they would run the VIN number and then they would know. Yes. For many years, Audrey's friends and family members held multiple vigils and motorcycle rides in honor of Audrey. And they raised a lot of money. And for 10 years, they had a reward out there. They said, if we can't find her in 10 years, we are turning this reward into a trust fund for her children because that's what she would want. We are now coming up on year 21 of Audrey being missing. If you have any information, please contact the New York State Police at 518-622-8600. This is just heartbreaking as a mother, as a human being. As much as she wanted to be there for her kids, she ended up not being able to for some reason. And the family, the friends need to know why and by who. I do know that local law enforcement received over a thousand leads, which to me is a ton. We see some cases that get five. A thousand leads is a lot. I would say that law enforcement has always been, has always worked on her case and She's had multiple investigators over the years. Some have been better about getting back to us than others. Some have seemed to take some leads more seriously than others, but her current investigator that she has on her case, he's taken it over, I want to say, within the past year, maybe year and a half ago he took it over, and he is younger and he, it like, has started from the bottom and reopened the case and has been, like, looking at everything, researching leads, like, actually doing things again t- to try to find answers. And he, he's been great. We're on, like, a texting basis. I can text him about anything. He answers back within usually the day. So the new investigator on our case has been amazing, actually. And they've come up empty-handed on evidence, at least that they have shared. Audrey was very, very petite. She was five foot tall, 105 pounds soaking wet. It's been way too long without any answers. Yes, someone knows something, as we always say. Please come forward. I think in my mom's case, unfortunately, I think there is just someone out there and I'd, I'm not even certain who, but I think there is someone out there that knows what happened to my mom and has not said anything for the past 20 years. So I really think 
The only way we will ever solve her case is if we find her or the Jeep or this person comes forward. And I think the only thing we can do is just keep pushing her face out there, pushing her case out there. Hopefully whoever the people or persons responsible for this sees we have not forgotten about her. We're not giving up. We're not going to give up. So to just share it as much as possible. And then also just encourage people who live in the upstate northeast area. If you're out and about and you see something strange or out of place, just call the police. If you see an old Jeep somewhere or you see something out of the ordinary, I guess that's really the only thing I would say. Just by listening to our content, you too are advocating for justice for these families. Thank you for making a difference in their lives as well. We want to share a few ways you can support us to continue our mission. You can become a Patreon subscriber for as little as $1 per month, or a simple rate and review on your favorite podcast platform helps us get in front of someone who may know something. We will continue traveling state by state seeking justice because we will be there no matter where, no matter who. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.